Merry Christmas to everyone in this house today. I'm so thankful you are here. I want to take a quick moment and say Merry Christmas to all of you who traveled from afar. And maybe you had no idea you're going to be dragged into church today, but thank you for showing up. I'm so glad you are present with us today. Can we also one more time just show love to our worship team and to Pastor Olga and Mackenzie and our children's choir today? Amen. What, I, what I'd like to do real quick just for, for all the Grinches in the house that are present, um, I'd like to just declare this in the name of Jesus. Your heart is going to grow three sizes today. And, and, and if not, Bez, give them that video. This is my prayer for you that by the end of the service you'll be getting like this. Come on, somebody. Only God can take the heart of a Grinch and turn him into a praise and worshiper. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, welcome today. My name is Pastor Jamin Becker. If this is your first time at Impact Church, we welcome you. We thank God that you are present today. But we are here for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. What I'd like to do here for a moment is uh, I'd kind of like to give you a quick little story. So about three years ago, my youngest daughter, Evangeline, she was the one of her singing her heart out for Jesus. Uh, she, she asked for an advent calendar for Christmas, an advent calendar. Now, mind you, the moment I heard her say, Daddy, can I get an advent calendar? I was like, I'm a great dad because I got a spiritual daughter. She knows the word advent. Little did I know that the whole purpose she wanted an advent calendar, best given that image, was for the chocolate. Come on, somebody. Yes. Smart girl, but she knew what she wanted. She wanted that chocolate. The word Advent, and I've told this over the last month here, the, the word Advent comes from the, the Latin word Adventus, which just simply means arrival or, or the coming. So the Advent season then is that season when Christians celebrate the arrival or the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What Christmas really is, it's, it's an intentional space on our calendars where we intentionally show appreciation, not just for the gifts under the tree. We show intentional appreciation for the gift that gave his life on a tree. So what I'd like to do here for a moment, if you will, Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to give you the Christmas story from both accounts in the gospel, Matthew 1 and Luke 2. Matthew 1 reads this way. She, speaking of Mary, will give birth to a son. And the angel's telling Joseph this. He says, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. Before I get to that, I just want you to see how important this is. What God promised, God brought about. I need you to know I serve a God who keeps his word. He keeps his promises. So all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The reason we can pray the way we do and believe for your miracle today is not because God is in some distant galaxy far, far away with a rod in his hand judging me. It's because we understand God is present. God is here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Let me ask this. Has anybody ever received a great gift that you didn't need? Let me say, it was a great gift. It wasn't bad. It was a great gift, but you didn't need it. When I was 13, year old, 13 years old, my parents came to me and said, you're about to get twin brothers. 
Great gift. I didn't need it. <laughs> With, I need them now. <laughs> I, I want to say when Dylan and Devin, the twins, when they were about, I don't know, six or seven, my mom got them, check out, my mom gave them the Axe Body Wash Variety Pack from TJ Maxx. Great gift, but why do they need aftershave? They were like six years old. Great gift, didn't need it. But can I tell you that Christmas is the inauguration of God with us. Our greatest need and God's greatest gift all wrapped up in human flesh known as Jesus Christ. Luke's account, Luke chapter two, verse six. It says, and while they were there, Mary and Joseph, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. I'm sorry, I've used the King James here, not clothes, but swaddling cloths. And I'll explain why for a reason. And laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Makes sense. You're watching your sheep at night, thinking you're about to go to sleep, and angels just break open the, the night sky and begin to declare, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be for great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, how are these shepherds supposed to know they found the right baby? Because it could have been any kind of baby born. Here's, here was the sign that they found the right child. He would be wrapped in swaddling cloths or burial clothes. And he would be laid in a manger or an animal feeding trough. I get it. You know, you got your, you got your idea of the, of the manger being that Ikea little, you know, bed for a baby. That's not what they put Jesus in. They put him in a feeding trough for animals. So we're going to know we find the right baby because he's laid in, a, in a feeding, uh, the feeding trough of animals, but he's wrapped in burial clothes. Ancient history actually tells us that what would happen is many expecting mothers would carry with them these bandage-like strips called cloths, and they would bring it with them because they were prepared for a stillborn birth, for the baby to die. So here is Jesus. How prophetic is this? He's alive and well, but he's wrapped in burial clothes. How prophetic is it to know that the whole reason this baby was born was to die so that we could live? And I want you to consider today that, that the Christmas story is a reminder to us. The Christmas story is a reminder that our God, our God is innovative. Someone say innovative. Innovative. What do, what do I mean by that? I mean, to say that God is innovative is to say that God is creative. In the beginning, God created. Our, our God is, is ingenious. He's clever. He's original. Our, our God is, is, is inventive. So to say innovative, what I'm telling you is this is what I'm trying to tell you, that innovative means that if we need it, but it does not currently exist, God is innovative enough to bring it into existence. If I need it and I don't yet have it, God can bring it into existence. You don't think that's true? Look at what he said in Isaiah 43. He said, behold, I am doing a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wait a second. You'll make a path 
When I'm stuck in the wilderness and I don't know where I'm going, you'll, you, you will make a river in those places where there is no water whatsoever. God is trying to show us here today that if we need it and we can't find it, he's innovative enough to make it happen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've never heard anyone ever say that, that God is innovative. Maybe you've heard it say like this. God is a waymaker. Help me sing the song, Miss Tracy. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God. Oh, shameless plug, join the gospel choir, y'all. Hello. <laughs> that is way, way maker. The term waymaker speaks to God's innovativeness. So to say that there isn't a way doesn't mean that God won't make a way. You don't see a way out of your problem right now. You don't see a way out of the situation. You don't see a way out of this sickness or this sorrow. But that doesn't mean God can't make a way. You just don't see that way yet. And what I'm trying to tell you today, if you need it from God and it doesn't yet exist, he is innovative enough to bring it out of nowhere and into existence. Now, how do I know that? Because think about this. Christmas is the proof of how innovative God is. When Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden and, and rebelled against the word of God and ultimately caused the fall and we all fell into sin, God had to get an innovative way now of redeeming us back to him. He had to be innovative about it because think about it like this. Because of Adam, all of us are born into sin. So because of man, hello ladies, because of man, all of us are born into sin. So then God has to get innovative because Jesus cannot be born of man. He has to be born of spirit. So God gets innovative because we need a savior. We need a redeemer. God gets creative and innovative. And here's what God does. He brings about what's called the virgin birth. Because the blood of Jesus has to be pure in order to redeem my corrupted blood. He's got to be holy because I'm not. So God gets innovative and he gives us what's known as the virgin birth. And let me just for a moment press your logic because Christmas is, the whole story of Christmas is not founded on the fact that Jesus was born. Christmas is founded on the way he was born. He came of the virgin womb. So Jesus can only die for sin if Jesus is born without it. The virgin birth. Now, I'm not naive enough in this place to think that everybody in here believes in the virgin birth. I get it. Some of you think it's a myth. Some of you think it's just a metaphor. And I'm not here to judge your perspective. What I'm, I'm simply trying to do is let you know that I believe in the virgin birth because I have a different logical flow of reasoning. For instance, I believe that the questions you ask will determine the conclusions that you come to. So if I were to ask you, can a woman conceive a baby without the help of a man, whatever help that is. Can a woman conceive a baby without the help of a man? Most of us are going to say, well, of course not. That doesn't happen. Okay, but what if I ask you the same question that God asked Abraham in Genesis 18, verse 14, where God says, is there anything too hard for God? Do I have any living people, living, breathing testimonies in this place that know what was impossible for man is not too hard for God? Can somebody just take five seconds and testify? I've seen God do the impossible in my life. There you go. Just in case you need proof. So there's another word I believe that we use as Christians to explain what God is capable of. 
And here's that word. We call it miracle. Miracles. Our God is capable of doing miracles. Okay? Uh, a miracle is when it wouldn't happen, couldn't happen, shouldn't happen, but God made it happen. That's a miracle. So the virgin birth, it reveals to us that God is so committed to reaching us that he will intervene in the natural laws he created and, and what he put in place just to bring about whatever we need. So here's, here's the law. You need a man and a woman to produce an offspring, but I'm going to intervene and bring about what you really need. You don't, just, you don't just need a son. You need the son of God. You need the righteous one. So I will intervene in the law I created to give you what you need. What I need is a savior. What I need is a redeemer. What I need is, is a present help in a time of trouble. What I need is one who's going to bring me to the Father. So God does these things called miracles. And let me give you these, things, these four things quickly. If you allow me just quickly to define what miracles are. Miracles are this. Number one, miracles are God's way of making provision. God makes provision for his people. Someone say Provision provision. If you know your Bible, then you know that our God is a God of provision. He, he actually is, is called Jehovah Jireh. Okay? Uh, he is the God who provides. So that's why if, if you need a, a, a ram so you don't have to kill your son, Abraham, I'll provide the ram caught in the thicket. If, if, if you need to eat children of Israel while you're wandering the desert for 40 years, I will provide manna from heaven. If you sat and listened to Jesus' sermon on the mount for hours and now it's getting dark and you're hungry and there's 5,000 men, not including women and children, I will provide and multiply the fish and the loaves. Or you've got some taxes to pay, Peter? Well, guess what? I'll not only pay for yours, but mine, and I will provide a fish with money in its mouth. He is the God who provides, and God provides for his people. I pray when you leave this service today, you are identified not as someone who goes to church, not a, as someone who, who believes in God, but you are identified as God's very own, because God proves, literally, he proves to us he can make a way by making provision for his people. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Miracles are God's way of proving his power. His power. Come on, if you need it, he will make a walkway right through the middle of the, the Red Sea. If, if you need it, he will bring down the walls of Jericho while you're just marching around and singing and shouting. If you need it, God, God will spit in the mud, throw it in your face, tell you to wash it off, and you'll be healed of blindness. If you need it, he's, he's proving his power. This is what miracles do. If you need it, he will even tell a dead man named Lazarus, come forth, because I need to prove to you I am the resurrection and the life. Miracles are, are the proof of his power. If you read the Gospel of John, you will see that John said this about Jesus. He said, all of Jesus' miracles, every miracle that we have recorded, are literally, are, what they are, they are signs to prove his authenticity as the Messiah. M miracles are the proof that he is who he said he was. So miracles are like Jesus basically showing his receipt, okay? I, I paid for this. I, 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 I own this. 
This is my salvation is mine. Healing is mine. Deliverance is mine. And the proof of that is in the miracles he performs over sickness and over demons and over death. The proof is in the receipt. So, so let me say it like this. Where is God's proof that, that Jesus is the son of God? Boom. Here's the proof. Watch me perform a miracle. Here's the receipt to prove I am who I said I am. We went to Dunkin' Donuts before church this morning. And I don't know about you, but every time I go to Dunkin' and McDonald's, I've always got to ask for a receipt. And the reason I got to ask for a receipt, you know how this works. You've heard me talk about this before. is because they almost never seem to get my order right. And so when I need proof that they're not doing their job and I know what I ordered, I say, give me the receipt. Because when I have to pull away and I realize I don't have my French fries that you promised me, I'm coming back around. And when they say, we gave you everything you ordered, I'm like, oh, heck no, you didn't. Because here's the receipt. What I'm trying to tell you is every time Satan tries to throw in your face that you don't deserve a healing, that you don't deserve salvation, that you're not good enough, that God is done with you, just give up. I want you to pull your receipt and remind him, Jesus, pay for my salvation in full. Jesus, pay for my healing in full. Jesus, pay for my miracle. And it's been paid in full. And the proof is in your life, the miracles God has done. I'm looking at men and women who have been healed and delivered and set free and empowered and saved. And the proof of his power Devil, let me show you the receipt. Let me show you what God has done in my life. Christmas is proof that our God, our God, paid for our salvation, paid for our healing, paid for our miracles, and he paid for it in full. Next thing I want to tell you is this. Miracles are God's way of accomplishing his plan. Someone say plan. We all got plans. Come on, my, my Latinos in the house, you got plans today. Come on, you know you got plans. And at midnight, you know what the plan is. Hello, somebody. We know what that plan is, okay? And, 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 and we, all have, we all have plans, Christmas plans, New Year's plans. We got plans for 2024. We got plans for, for our relationships and, and our, our job and our career and, and our, our education. We have plans. But can I tell you, God's got a better plan for your life. And his miracles are a way of him accomplishing his plan in your life. One of the most important things that, that you have to do in order to, to, to receive a miracle, and I've learned this, is to position yourself in line with God's plan. Pastor Olga told me not to say this, so I'm going to be careful how I say it. You don't position yourself for a miracle when you only come to church once a year. I love you and I'm glad you're here. But I, I'm trying to be careful. Okay? You position yourself for a miracle when you begin to align with God's word and God's will. Amen. Now I love you and I'm glad you're here and I hope you come back. But I, what, I, what you need is not more church. What you need is God's miracle, his will, his plan in your life. And the way that we do that is beginning to not align with our agenda, our desire, but align with his perfect will. When, when Gabriel shows up and, he, and he, he says to Mary, he says, look, Mary, God's about to do something miraculous through you, but it's going to be messy. It's gonna be, think about it. It's going to be a messy miracle. 
Because you're a teenager, you're betrothed, you've never been with a man, so she's a virgin, but you're going to get impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to give birth to the Messiah named Jesus, and then you've got to go and tell Joseph, you're not the father. I feel like Maury Christmas edition, right? <laughs> you're not the dad, whatever. What? Say what? What kind of messy miracle are we talking about here? I'm going to give birth to the Messiah of the world, the Savior of the world. But there's a mess around it all. This is crazy. This is wild. And when Gabriel presents to her, this is what God wants to do through you. Did, did, did Mary say, let me go and check my calendar book first? Did, did, did Mary go and say, uh, 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 I got a list of excuses why I can't right now? Did Mary say, I'm not worthy. Go and choose someone else. Here's what Mary said. She said, yes, I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your plan, according to your agenda. Yes, I say yes. That means Mary simply understood who she was, and ultimately, more importantly, she trusted who God is. This might get messy, but I can trust his plan. Somebody right now who understands that God is all-knowing and God is all-powerful, can you just lift your hand just for a moment right now and say, I want to trust your plan, Lord. Help me to trust your plan, Lord. Uh, if you promise me a messy miracle, I know you'll turn that mess into a miracle eventually. So help me to trust your plan. Miracles are God's way of accomplishing his plan. And lastly this, I want to give you this and, and I'll wrap this up here. A miracle is when the creator of the universe intervenes in our fallen world. And here's what he does. He restores it back to its original purpose. A miracle is God bringing everything back to its original purpose. There was no sickness in the Garden of Eden. There was no death in the Garden of Eden. There was no brokenness and emptiness and loneliness in the Garden but all that got destroyed because of sin. And here's what God does. God will perform a miracle to bring things back to its original design and original purpose. And I need you to know this, that every miracle that God performs is not only a glimpse into the way that things should have been. Every miracle that God performs is a foretaste, a foreknowledge. If you will, it's an indication of how things are always going to be. We've been talking about the return of Christ here at Impact Church because what happens in Israel is a sign that Jesus is on his way back. Don't think it's coincidence. Don't think it's just because things have to happen. These things are, are happening because God has a plan and a purpose. But here's what I need you to know. Don't worry about what's currently happened. Set your mind on what's still to come. And here's what's going to come. God is going to bring everything back according to its original design. And uh, I'll read from the book of Revelation just to prove it to you. Revelations 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Here it is. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the former things are all passed away. Verse 5, the one seated on the throne is saying, behold, even today, I will make all things new. I need somebody who knows he's a miracle worker to start looking ahead and believe God's going to make all this right. He's going to heal it all. 
He's going to correct it all. And lastly, this, as I wrap this up, you already said that, Pastor. I know. If you come here long enough, you realize I land the plane a couple times. <laughs> a miracle in and of itself. The miracle of the virgin birth illustrates this. God wants to be close to you. The whole miracle of the virgin birth is proof that God wants to be personal with us. You, yes, you, with all your mistakes and all your frailties, all, all your downfalls, all your, all, all your shortcomings, he wants to be close to you. I believe that's the greatest miracle of the virgin birth is me realizing God wants to be close. It, it's in a sense where God is asking us to do the same question he asked Mary. Will you let me in? Will you let me in? Now I want to take a moment and pause and just say thank God that he doesn't plan on impregnating all of us. Hello? Because that isn't going to work for the male species. Hello? God isn't saying I, I want to impregnate you. God is saying I want to be within you the way I was within Mary. I want to be so present within you the way I was with Adam in the garden. The way I was with Abraham when I called him out from his father. The, the way I was with David when he took down a giant. I want to be with you the way I was with Daniel when he was left in a lion's den all night. I want to be with you the way I was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown in a fiery furnace and yet they lived and walked out completely unscathed and not even smelling like smoke. That's how God wants to be with you today. And I came to tell somebody, here's the difference between the Old Testament and the New. The difference is God was there, but God wants to be in us. God was with them, but because of Jesus Christ, God wants to dwell inside of us. To everyone in this room, I speak Ephesians 3, 16 over you. Paul prayed this, and I pray this as well. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ, here it is, will dwell. He will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love. And God's love will keep you strong. Jess, when is your due date? March 26th, right around Easter. Okay, we'll see if it's going to be an Easter baby or not then, okay. Can you already feel any movement from the baby? Over the next few months, you're going to hear, you're going to feel more movement, more growth. Because just like that baby's growing in your womb and, and, and moving in your womb, Jesus Christ wants to live within us and begin to grow within us. So that the way we think is the way he thinks. When we speak, it's how he speaks. How we treat others is how he treats others. How we forgive is how he forgives. How we love is how he loves. He wants to grow on the inside of you until the only thing coming out of your mouth and out of your life and out of your choices and out of your lifestyle is look at Jesus within me, the hope of glory within me. 
Ladies and gentlemen, 2,000 years ago, God chose a virgin girl named Mary to pray about his plan in the world. And that woman brought forth Jesus. And Jesus brought forth the glory of God. 2,000 years later, right now, December 24th, 2023, the plan is still the same. Let Jesus on the inside so everywhere you go, people can see the glory and the power and the grace and the love of God. Everywhere you are, would you stand your feet with me today? This is the shortest Christmas service I've ever preached. Someone say hallelujah. Here's what I recognize. I recognize why there's different motivations as to why you came to church today. It's Christmas Eve. And you didn't, you didn't just leave the comfort of your home and the, the, the wrapping of presents and the last minute shopping and, and watching Kevin get left home alone again. And you, you didn't leave all that just to come and worship a baby in a cradle. Can I encourage you? When we only come on Christmas, we're just coming to worship a baby in a cradle. But when we make him the Lord of our life, we realize it didn't stop at the cradle. So my worship doesn't stop at the cradle. The plan of salvation didn't stop with the birth. It went the whole way to the cross. And what Jesus is wanting to teach us at the end of 23 and as we go into 24, because we're getting ever closer, one day closer, one hour closer, one minute closer, one second closer to the second advent when Christ returns. And he will know who are his. And he will know who isn't. We called it our goat year. The Bible tells us when Christ returns, he will separate the sheep from the goats. Trust me, though it might be your goat year, you need to be on this side with the sheep. Okay. That's where you want to be. You want to be identified as his. So what I want to do right now is I want to make sure as you leave this service today, that you leave knowing I belong to him. He belongs to me. Christmas is the proof God wants to be close to me. So I want to leave this Christmas service knowing that I am close to God. And listen to me. I don't care how bad you messed up even before you got to church today because I know some of your car rides to church are just like, but you made it. Here you are. And it's in these moments that the love of God wants to heal you, that the grace of God wants to forgive, and that the power of God wants to fill you so you can go about living every day of your life for God, with God, Christ in you. I'm going to ask everyone that will in this room, we're going to say a simple prayer. And the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth, that Jesus is not a baby, that Jesus is Lord. And we believe in our hearts, not that he was just born, but that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. If the whole purpose of his birth was to die so that we could be born again, then don't leave this service today and just believe I'll get right with God in the future. Because we might not have much of a future left but we have an eternal hope through Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to coax you. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to bend your arm. I'm not, I'm not pulling a scud farkas on you and, and making you say mercy. Or uncle, uncle, uncle. That's right, uncle. Y'all remember the movie, the Christmas movie, or Christmas story? Yeah. 
Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Fine, just watch TNT. It'll be on for like 24 hours, right? Here's the point. I'm not trying to manipulate you into this decision, but this will be the greatest decision of your life. And you will begin to align with God's purpose and plan, and I believe you will see his power, his provision, his miracles, if you belong to him. Everyone that will, would you close your eyes and just pray this prayer with me today? Just repeat after me and believe what you are saying. Heavenly Father, I come to you now, and I thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for sending Jesus, the Savior of the world. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe Jesus lived a sinless life. And I believe Jesus went to the cross where he died for my sin. Lord Jesus, I ask you now to take all of my sin, all of my failures, all of my mistakes, and forgive me, and cleanse me, transform me. I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose again for me. And I believe today I am yours, and you are mine. And I will be with you and God and the Holy Spirit and my family in heaven forever. Amen and amen. And the Bible says the angels rejoice when a sinner comes to the saving knowledge of Christ. If you do not have a home church, I want to encourage you to come on back here. Come on back, because we believe that God has greater plans for your life than just visiting. We believe God wants to build a habitation, not a visitation, in your life. So I want to invite you to come on back next Sunday. Celebrate the last Sunday, the last day of the year with us as we transition into a new year together. Next Sunday at 1030, as Pastor Olga comes, and before we close this service out, if you belong to Jesus now, I pray, I pray that in your heart, you will remain submitted to God. I pray that today becomes a, a, literally a day of transformation in your understanding of who you are and whose you are. I pray that those old habits and old sins will literally just begin to fall off. You won't even desire those things that you used to pull you in. I, I declare in the name of Jesus, every addiction be broken. Every alcohol and drug addiction be broken. Every addiction to lust, to, to, to a, a sinful sexual nature that isn't godly, I pray it all be broken today. I pray your anger would be uh, eased and subsided. I pray the jealousy and envy would end. I pray that the bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart would be released to God and that you would find freedom today. Child of God, I pray moving forward that you just feel this new level of joy and peace and excitement and faith about your present and about your future. Because God isn't far away. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And now because of Jesus, he is God within us. And that's where he will live. As long as we, as long as we allow him to, he will stay right there. And he will stay there forever. And I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.